title of my message today is our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for the privilege and for the opportunity, God, to have a relationship with you. Holy Spirit, we just say, come. Come and have your way. Let us be in here in one mind, one accord, just like the disciples were, and you fell upon them. I just believe, Lord, that today, this word that you have for your people, with your pulpit, with your time, you're going to do incredible things. I pray, God, that you will anoint me to remember the things you've led me to study, things that you have not led me to study, that you desire to share. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I think it's pretty interesting in that story as well where you see Peter. He's the one that's kind of running the charge there. And we see a little bit later in, in, in chapter 2 where the people that gathered, they were mocking what was happening, right? They were saying, oh, they must be drunk up there. What are they doing? Peter comes out, and he's the one that stood up among the eleven. Isn't it interesting that the same Peter that denied Jesus three times before his death, and then immediately following the infilling of the Holy Spirit, he was empowered to stand up in front of crowds. And he declared, no, 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 they are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. This is what Joel had promised. The same thing with Peter as he was empowered to do what he couldn't do before, it's the same thing with us, church, that we're empowered to do what we can't do in our own natural ability, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do incredible things. The flickering of the lights is not the Holy Spirit. It's not something I planned. There's no additional props this morning. But a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is vital. It's vital in our lives to help us to fulfill God's plan for our life. There are some things that are a luxury, like a boat, a vacation home, a second home. Those those things are nice, but they're luxuries. There are some things that are a necessity. Clothes to wear, cars to drive could be a necessity, right? But then there are some things that are just vital. There are some things that are vital that if we didn't have anything else, we can still live and survive, like air to breathe, right? We need water to drink. We need food to eat. How many of you know we don't need a luxury to survive, but we do need those things? And having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is vital. And I just want to spend some time just even talking about the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a him. The Holy Spirit is not a genie in a lamp. He's not a vending machine for prayers. He's not your personal assistant. He's not Alexa or Siri. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not the final part of God. He is God. See, because you and I, we live in this three-dimensioned universe, right? This three-dimensioned world. Everything has a height. Everything has a width. Everything has a depth. But how many of you know that God does not, he's not limited to a three-dimensional universe. God is God. That's why Jesus the Son can be different from the Father, but yet the same. In the book of John, we see where Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is of the same kind. The term Trinity, it's made up of two words, tri being three, unity being one. Trinity. It's one God, 
three persons, three, per, three persons who has the same essence of deity. For example, I have different roles in my life. To my parents, I'm a son. To my wife, I'm a husband. To my daughter, I'm a father. To other people, I could be a neighbor or a friend. But even though I function in those three different roles, there's still only one Alex Goncalves from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the 2018... (laughs) That's a little flesh. Let's get back in the spirit. The Red Sox won last week. But today I want to share three specific roles. Three specific roles that I believe that's going to bless you and that's going to hopefully help you as you navigate through life. Three roles of how the Holy Spirit relates to us. So let's go ahead and look at John chapter 16, looking at verse 13. John chapter 16 and verse 13. The first way that the Holy Spirit relates to us, he he relates to us as the Spirit of truth. He's first the Spirit of truth. And we see here in John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will tell you what is yet to come. So when we're navigating through life and we need to assess a situation, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to guide us towards what is true in a situation. How many of you know Not everything you see is really what you get, huh? If you're driving in your vehicle, I don't know if they still do it these days, but back in the day, there's that little message on the bottom of the mirror. What does it say? Does anybody know? Objects are closer than they may appear, right? So sometimes there are just things in our life that seem bigger than what they appear. They may seem closer than what they appear, or some things are just not true. And it is the spirit of truth that's going to show us, that's going to guide us, that's going to lead us to what is true. Actually, that word guide in the Bible talks about a teacher and how someone teaches us things. Melissa and I, from time to time, we like to watch the show American Pickers. Have you, anyone ever seen American Pickers? Right? And, right? Mike and Frankie. And, and, and they would go across dirt roads of America, right? I love to watch, especially when they go up to New England, because the nostalgia starts kicking in, and, and they start finding certain things there. But they go, and, and they look for rusty gold. They look for antiques. They look for things that are buried. But sometimes they come across something that they've never seen before. So what do they need to do? They need to inquire of someone that is a bit more knowledgeable in that field so that, he, so that they can tell them what it is. They need an appraisal. They need someone to look at the object that they bought according to its condition, according to who it belonged to, according to many different factors. Then a, a true value can be presented to Frankie and Bobby, right? Well, the Holy Spirit's the same way. The Holy Spirit is like an assessor. He will appraise situations in our life, and he will show us what is true. Because someone that's trying to sell a rusty can, an old can, is emotionally attached to that can, so they're going to try to sell it for 500 bucks. How many of you know that can's only worth maybe five bucks? The Holy Spirit can help us to navigate through what we are emotionally 
attached to. The Holy Spirit can help us to see things and understand things regardless of how we feel, regardless of our experience, and especially regardless of the lies that the enemy tries to whisper into our ear. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he will guide us and he will teach us, okay? The second way he relates to us, he relates to us as a counselor. First, he reveals the truth to us, and then he begins to counsel us on what the truth that we have. In John 14, 16, he says, Jesus says, I will pray the Father and to the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. That word counselor, it's, a, it's an advocate, it's a helper, it's an encourager. The transliteration of that word is parakletos. Some of you have may heard this before. It could be a reminder. Some of you may be hearing it for the first time today. Parakletos simply means someone that's called to come alongside. And it's interesting because Jesus doesn't just say that he will send you a parakletos. He will send you another parakletos. So what Jesus is saying, he's referring to the same kind, the same kind as me. Right? I see a, a Dunkin' Donuts coffee sitting right over here. Right? So once Heidi finishes that coffee, Heidi, can I go ahead and get you another iced coffee? How many of you know if I went and I brought her, say, an apple juice, I wouldn't be bringing her something of the same kind? I may be bringing her another drink, but it wouldn't be of the same kind. Jesus is saying, I'm going to bring you another ice, cream, and sugar, latte, coffee with an espresso shot. God's going to send you another kind. It's not going to be a replica. It's not going to be a duplicate of something else that isn't. No, no. I'm going to send you a counselor. And that counselor is going to speak of me. He's going to remind you of things that I have spoken. And he's going to show you. So here we see here, right? He teaches us. He shows us what's true in a situation. Make sense? Okay, three of you. And then he will counsel us. Amen? So what do we do after he counsels us? He relates to us as a comforter. And I'm telling you, even right here, as a comforter, this has really been ministering out of my heart all week. Because in John chapter 14, verse 17, it says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. We we, we spoke about that. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will, I will come to you. I will come to you. I will, I will nurture you. I will care for you. I will put my arm around you. I will, I will show you what's true. I'm going to give you a game plan on how to proceed. But I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to be with you. Even when you feel like you're alone, no, no. The Holy Spirit, he's going he's to gently come and walk with you through this thing. Through the good times and the hard times. When the things don't make sense, when, when you need a shoulder to cry on, the Holy Spirit is there for you as a comforter. As a comforter. And this is describing like, like a spiritual adoption as a parent figure to a child. As a parent figure to a child, my daughter, she is really into Paw Patrol these days. And it's like everywhere I look, I see Paw Patrol everywhere now. You know? 
How many of you know all the five, are there five or six pups? You know them all? Well, if Chase is missing, how many of you know all the other pups that are there is still not enough? And to me, I'm just looking, that's, that's, that's just a toy. It's just a toy. Why is she getting, no, no. I'm going to come, and I'm going to come down, and I'm going to meet her. I'm going to come to her. I'm going to say, it's okay. We're going to find Chase. We're going to put him at the lookout tower, and he's going to go down that slide. And it's cute, but God comes and he relates to us the same way. He relates, it's okay. A couple hundred dollars short this month to pay your bills, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, my, my supply is endless, but I'm going to meet you where you're at, and I'm going to comfort you, and I'm going to let you know it's going to be okay. That doctor's report, I know, I know what, what you're hearing seems a little scary, and it doesn't make sense, but, but it's going to be, okay, I'm going to care for you. Huh? Husbands, it's, it's, it's like when our wives need a hug and nothing else. Ladies, say amen. They don't need to be fixed. They don't need a plan. They don't need to, to say quit crying. No, no, they just need a hug. They just need a hug. That's, they just need an embrace. And guys, you know, God treats us the same way, even though, you know, we're, right? We can kind of get tough and we don't cry or whatever. But no, no, we, we need that too. We, we need that. We all need that. And that's who God is. That's, that's the part of God that, that he comforts us. And he walks through a situation with us. I love what Psalms 139 says, and I'm not going to read the whole psalm today, but it just talks about how, how much he's really there for us. We see in Psalms 39, in verse 2, it says, you, you know when I sit and when I rise. Different scripture says, you discern my going out and my lying down. You hem me and in behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. Where, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If, if I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me. You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful. And I know that full well because my frame was never hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together, when I was in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Even before you were born, God, the comforter, was right there with you. He's never going to leave you. He's been with you the whole time. He was with you while you were in your mother's womb. He was with you when you were delivered. He was with you all those years. He will never leave you. He's never going to forsake you. The challenge with this part to try to digest and accept is, well, then if he was there with me, then why did he let those things happen? Why did he allow those things to hurt me? He didn't. 
He didn't. The enemy wants to expose the hurt and the pain. And when we're focused on that, we lose sight of the Father. We lose sight of the fact that even though I went through that thing, I came out on the other side. And I was not left abandoned. I was not left for dead. It doesn't make sense why the hurt happens. But he was there with you. And he's with you today. And he's going to continue to be with you. He's going to continue to show you what's true. He's going to continue to to explain things to you. He's going to continue to comfort you if. There's an if. If. If you have that relationship with him. If you have that type of relationship with him. The type of relationship where you're continuing to go back to him and trusting him even when things seem scary or uncertain. He wants to walk with you. And I want to end with this, and then I just believe we're just going to have some time of of ministry today before we close. You know, not having a relationship with God is vital. Is vital. And maybe you're saying, man, I have a relationship with God. Well, maybe you're, there could be a chance that your, your, your lamp is, is running low. You know, there's a famous parable in Matthew chapter 25. It talks about the ten virgins where they all fell asleep and, and, and they were waiting for the groomsmen to come. Groomsmen represents Jesus as we're the bridegroom, the, the church. And out of those ten virgins, there were five that were wise and there were five that were foolish. The five wise had lamps that were full of oil because they knew that Jesus can come in the middle of the night. The groom can come in the middle of the night. It's actually a parable, but it refers to Jesus. So they needed enough oil in their lamp to light to make sure that they can navigate through the night. But then there were five others that they didn't have oil, and they let the oil run out. And then someone said, the groomsman is coming. Get up and see him. Meet him. The five foolish that didn't have oil They tried saying, hey, come, give me some of your oil. They said, no, I can't give you my oil because if I give you my oil, then I might run out of oil for myself. So you need to go find someone that sells oil to put in your lamp to keep it lit. So they said, bet, I'm going to go find someone that sells oil. Well, what happened? When they went to go run to buy oil, the groomsmen showed up. He showed up. There were five. He said, all right. Here's my bride, my bridegroom. Come on, let's go. He shuts the door. The other five show up. They come back. They're banging on the door. Let me in. And what does the groom say? I don't know you. I don't know you. Many Christians are like lamps 
but we lack oil. Throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is symbolized with oil. You see it throughout the Bible. In this story, we see it where when the, they were sick, people were sick, they anointed them with oil, or they got baptized, and, and, and the Spirit fell upon them. See, throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is symbolized by oil. And this is what I want us to do today that I just really felt like as I, as I was praying over this and preparing for this, that there's three different things that God wants to do today. The first thing is he wants to introduce himself to someone or to some people. The second thing, he wants to reintroduce himself. And the third thing, he wants to fill up some oil lamps today. I believe all of us, I don't know about you, but I ain't never heard anyone ever say, I'm good. I got enough oil, God. I'm good. No, no. Let us become more aware of his presence. Let us become more aware of his presence. Let us continue to, to have just this, this, this constant connection of, of the flow of heaven to come and, and fill us up and it's not just for us. I'm just going to do a quick rewind to the beginning. Because without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it would be virtually impossible. I'm just going to go out there and say, it's impossible to do the will of God without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can do some things that look good, that sound good, that may even feel good. But I don't want good for you. I want God for you.